Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the History of Alchemy podcast. My name is Travis Dow. And I'm Pete Coleman for the Bohemian podcast. So today we're going to talk about... Uh, Again, I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Austinus, Austinies, what should what? Let's go with Austinus. Austinus. Yeah, that sounds like it's plausibly correct. I don't know. Um, send us send us an email if you know. By the way, we'll but go with Austinus. But pretty much like the pronunciation of his name, we also don't know exactly when he was born. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot lost to history here. Right. This guy. We don't know when he was born, uh, but he died in. No, uh, I don't know that either. Oh, but he was probably Iranian or Persian. And again, the reason we don't know so, many, so much about him is because there's a couple of theories here. He's either one person that lived 700 years, or there are different wise philosophers by that name, which could have been a very common Persian name. So we'll kind of break it down from earliest to latest. I think that's how I broke it down. But Hermodorus, who lived in the 4th century BC, mentions him, okay, and Hermodorus circulated works of Plato in Sicily. So that's that's where one mention comes from. He claimed that Ostanus was a was a magi in a long line of magi descending from Zoroaster, okay, Zarathustra, if you will. But now Persian sources don't mention him. So we only have him from Greek sources, and he's one of the wise foreigners that the Greeks just loved so much, okay? In first century CE, Pliny the Elder called Zoroaster the first magician, but that Astanis was the first writer of it. So this is already 400 years later, and we get a mention of Pliny the Elder, right? Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of you might have heard of Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. Pliny the Elder was actually a naval and army commander uh, of, of the Roman legions, or of a Roman uh, area that that was uh, lost at, at the uh, the explosion of, of Pompeii uh, and uh, Herculane, Herculaneum. Uh, that was covered um, by Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. So he lost his life trying to make it towards the beach. Plenty the Younger uh, was able to recount what happened on that horrible day in the first century yeah. uh, that uh, you know basically you know wreck, <laughs> just destroyed quite a bit and, and made a lot of damage. So you know going back to, to Plenty the or Plenty the Elder, um, he was uh, you know a pretty learned man. He actually went out and he knew a lot about what was going on, especially in Greek life. So besides his military conquests, he actually had a pretty good hold on what was going on with uh, uh, cultural and cultural issues in science. Yeah. And uh, in particular, I mean, regarding Ostanis, he also wrote that, and even with one historian like Pliny, so we have that he, so he wrote that he accompanied Xerxes to the invasion of Greece, but then he also mentions him as the tutor or one of the tutors of Alexander the Great, which was like a century later. Okay. Yeah, so that doesn't so, really make a lot of sense on that issue, does it? <laughs> and it, this was like one guy writing about, you know, so uh, hard to say. And then when Democritus headed east to discover the secret of magic, it was none other than Ostanis that was his teacher. So, you know, Ostanis was clearly all over the place. 
um, I'll, I'll give you one pliny quote here. And, and so he says, quote, as Ostanis said, there are several, there are several different kinds of it. He professes to divine, divina promitit, from water, globes, air, stars, lamps, basins, and axes, and by many other methods, and besides to converse with ghosts and those in the underworld. So this is the reputation that Ostanis had according to Pliny. So already, you know, larger than life figure. By the end of the first century CE, Ostanis is cited as an authority on alchemy, necromancy, divination, uh, all kinds of, you know, mystical properties of plants and stones. He's quoted as a master of all these things. Well, that does help when you have some guy like Pliny the Elder being able to back you up as, as a member of, of uh, Roman elite, that if he's going to say, you know, you, you did these things, not only are you going to get remembered, you're going to probably be written down in some sort of text uh, yeah. by, by you know, Roman uh, scribes. So that, will, that was probably the best thing that could have been done for, for his uh, uh, Austenesis sort of background was to be, to be um, quoted and remembered by Pliny the Elder. Regardless of who he really was, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so later when the Muslim world kind of took over the study of alchemy, and, you know, got their hands on all these Greek sources, they continued to see Astonis as a father of alchemy. And uh, now they actually thought that he possessed the secret of the Philosopher's Stone. Now the Arabic world takes over again, along with Persians. And so now Persians do mention him, but from Greek sources. So around 700 AD, let's say, more or less, Persian literature now mentioned uh, Ostanis that he lived, uh, but they give a huge range from like 300 BC up to almost 700 AD. And again, we just don't know. They, yeah, they might have been talking about different people. They might have been talking about the same person and just really mistranslated. So let's take us now to the somewhere in the third century. Uh, we we jump on over to Egypt, and the Egyptian philosopher Pibekius writes uh, uh, a Zoroastrian uh, magician that he had found just a treasure trove of stuff, books that were hidden. Uh, that were written supposedly by Ostenus in Persian. All mm-hmm. right, so so if you can imagine that these books were stashed in seven different doorways of the king, and each of these seven books were hidden uh, there, so that you can actually find this treasure trove uh, that is in the Persian language, so that can be dated back to that time and, and that region. Perbecius, uh, in in great awe, you can imagine his just his his uh, jaw just drops to the floor, uh, describing that these books. That Austinius's divine revelations were a treatise of the whole of all sciences you can imagine, including that of wisdom of, of, of Hermes, which Austinius had recovered and restored from the Magi uh, to the world. So yeah. he basically brought it from the the darkness of that no one would ever find to the light of day yeah. in Persian, nonetheless. Now, how do we know that this is connected uh, to to this time that he might have lived in Persia? Well, we also know that uh, Pabecius was writing to Osram. Uh, a letter that of, of his findings. So that's how we kind of know that, yeah. or we have a suspicion that at the time that this would have taken place uh, uh, in Persia at, at this at, at this era. So we can start at least get a, a time frame that uh, Austinus was was um, known at the time, yeah. right? So, it, it, folks, this is this is really kind of in the midst of the fog of history. So. You know, it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint where he would be, but we're talking again the third century. Yeah, and right? he's quoted an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I have another third third century mention. 
and that's uh, Cyprian, who was the bishop of Carthage at the time, again in the 3rd century, he states that Austinus said, God cannot be perceived, and Hermes Trismegistus said, God cannot be comprehended, by, or at least, you know, by humans. So this is just, you know, a, a little quip by the bishop of Carthage that mentions the, these two great kind of myth, mystical thinkers. So it's just interesting that, you know, people talk about him all the time, and this is you know, from, from 400 B.C. to 300 A.D. So, so let, me, let me get this right. Uh, so, so far, Asenis, uh has has been brought up by a first century Roman general, right? And yeah. Pliny the Elder. And then also the Cyprian, the, the Cyprian uh, Bishop of Carthage, no small guy, yeah. is bringing him up again. The third so, century. So yeah. there must be some, some gravitas to this name. Mm-hmm. That that uh, people want to 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 attach to their their documents or their or their other words they're saying. So. Well, yes. So I know we jumped all over the place. So so let let me tell you what what we have so far. So we have Ostanus. Okay, he may have he may have taught Democritus. He may have been in Xerxes's court. He may have taught Alexander the Great, and he or or taught pseudo Democritus because they're not the same person. So uh, whoever he was, you know, he must have been a, a pretty clever guy. And again, even though he's so murky, the reason we wanted to cover him, even if it's, you know, kind of a short episode, is that um, supposedly he was the first to talk about divine water, as in the elixir of life. So the very first to bring it up. And uh, really, you know, to be the first to mention the elixir of life, that that deserves a podcast. So uh here you have it. I think uh, we're at less than ten minutes right now, but if if uh, we knew more, we would we would mention it. But uh, yeah, just uh, keep that in mind when you uh, invent that time machine. Please <laughs> write me who he actually was, whether he was five people or Persian or what he was. And uh, yeah, that's all we have. So thanks for listening. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to the History of Alchemy podcast with Travis Dow and Pete Coleman. For more information about this episode, other episodes, and other information about alchemy, alchemists, and related subjects, visit historyofalchemy.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, review, and don't forget to rate us. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, ideas, and corrections to podcast at historyofalchemy.com or get in touch via Facebook on the History of Alchemy podcast page or Twitter at Alchemy Podcast. Tune in to our sister podcast all about the Czech Republic, Mahemicon which is also available on iTunes or on behemicon.com. Until next time on the History of Alchemy podcast, thank you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.